What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Potter Podcast, where you will find knowledge, resources, and information on everything real estate related. We are happy to have you join us today. And without further ado, let's jump into our topic and discussion for today. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back. Today we are going to be discussing what is the disadvantage of pricing my home at the high end. This is going to be a good one as there's a lot of things that I'm going to address to hopefully help you if you are thinking about selling your home in the near future. Hey guys, what's up? Hope you're doing well. Welcome back to another episode of the Potter Podcast and uh, welcome our online guys uh, if you are joining us live. Um, What am I going to talk about today? Well, today I'm going to talk about something that uh, we've been having a lot of discussions about with um, sellers, buyers, and all those things moving forward. Um, And one of those big questions is, especially now being um, being in a seller's market, I get this question asked a lot of times and it's, what's the disadvantage of pricing my home um, at the high end? Um, In other words, what happens if we just take a risk or we take a chance of pricing our home at the high end, trying to get the most out of that? And uh, I want to address some of those things with you guys um, as we talk about that, because I think a lot of these things are very important. Um, And I'm going to address quite a few of these things um, that we've seen, that we've encountered, uh, that we're seeing in our market, um, and why and why not they may be good things uh, moving forward. So um, the first thing that I want to address of why not to price your house at the high end um, is simply this. Listings get the most showings in 72 hours. Um, so what's my point in that? Well, my point is this. We usually see the most traffic that go through a house in 72 hours. Um, so this may put you on the list if you're priced too high, Um, you may get put on the ignore list or the wait and see list uh, from other buyers that have you on um, a search. And so they are probably thinking to themselves, you know what, that looks a little bit too high than what others have been going in the neighborhood. I'm going to be put on the wait and see list um, or you are going to be put on the wait and see list with that listing to see if there's going to be a price drop or to see if anybody wants to uh, potentially go right up on that property. Um, So this is what I typically tell Um, my sellers, especially in a seller's market, right? If you're priced in that price range right now, at least for us in Omaha, Nebraska, if you are priced in like that 125 to 225 range, um, you will get the most showings out of that property in probably the first 72 hours. And if you don't have an offer by the end of those 72 hours, the answer is pretty simple. Your price too high. Um, because in this market right now with us and in a seller's market, if you're in that lower end price range and you've had a lot of showings in 72 hours, but no offers, that's a good indication that there's a couple things going on with your property. And the first one is probably price. Um, so I'm just being real with you. I'm being honest with you. Um, Hopefully people don't take that the wrong way, but that's literally what we're seeing and that's what you should expect in a seller's market. Now, if you're getting into the higher price ranges, right? So if, and what I mean by that is let's say you're going from 250 to the 400 price range. Um, it may take a little bit longer. Typically in Omaha right now, you know, if you're in that price range, sometimes maybe that's two or three weeks before you're under contract. But the good news is that's still a short amount of time that you're under contract. Um, when there's low inventory and there's high demand, there's a good chance that you're going to get an offer in a short amount of time. Now, whether that's in 72 hours or in two weeks, 
what's really the difference. The fact is your house sold very quickly. Um, and then if you are in that higher price range, you obviously have to understand um, that you have to know what I should say is that when I say higher price range, I'm referring to that here in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and that to us would be like a 500 to a 750 plus um, range. You have to understand that your buyer's pool as you go up in price right? The higher you go, the lower the buyer's pool is, right? So if you're obviously in that first time home buyer price range, then you should expect your house to get a lot of showings in 72 hours. If you're in that higher price range, you may sit a little bit longer knowing that your buyer's pool and the demand there in that price range um, is going to be a little bit more difficult. And you're probably also competing with new construction. And so you have to keep those things in mind. Um, but my first point there is you want to be able to get the most amount of traffic right in your home in the shortest amount of time and get an offer. That's the goal, right? So the longer that you sit, which is going to move me into my point number two, um, the longer it sits, the more negativity it gets brought to the home. So it starts bringing up the question from buyers, what's wrong with it? Why has it been sitting, you know, and it's crazy to think about this, like in our market, especially, but we'll get buyers where they're first time home buyers and they're out looking in the neighborhood and the house has been on the market for like seven to 10 days. And they're like, what's wrong with it? And I'm like, well, there may not be anything wrong with it. Um, they may just be priced too high. Um, and a lot of times sellers think that they can price it higher in a seller's market, but that can come back to backfire you, um, in the long run. And we're going to get into some of those things. So keep that in mind too. Like you don't want your house to sit longer than what the typical average days on the market is in your price range. So a good question to ask your realtor would be, Hey, in our price range, what is the average uh, days on the market right now, uh, for a home in our neighborhood priced at this price point? They should have the answer for that. If they don't, you need to get a different realtor. Um, but they should be telling you what you can expect uh, as far as the traffic and the things like that. Um, a lot of times I'll suggest to my sellers, I'll say, hey, in those first 72 hours, we're probably going to expect a lot of traffic. Um, it's probably best if maybe you just step outside of the home for those 72 hours. Maybe take a trip outside of the city. Maybe go stay with your parents, go stay with family, friends, whoever, um, because then that allows us to get the most amount of traffic through your house in the shortest amount of time. Um, so that's another thing to think about. Um, the other thing to think about uh, is lowball offers the longer it sits. So the longer you sit, if you're priced higher than where it should be, um, note to self that you're probably going to get some lower offers. And that obviously doesn't make a seller happy is when they feel like they're getting lowballed. But realistically, um, they're not really getting lowballed at all in most cases. It's where they should have been priced to begin with and what a buyer is willing to pay for that house. So again, you have to look at it from a different perspective. Um, so if you're thinking about going in at a higher price point, um, just know that the longer you sit, the chances of you getting the list price um, is going to be very, very small. Um, and so you want to basically understand that the longer you sit, especially in a seller's market where there's low inventory and there's a higher demand, uh, the more chances you're going to have of getting lowball offers. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the next one. So specific price is key, right? So this again goes back to um, obviously choosing the right agent because they're going to help you price 
uh, where they think your house should be. But also keep this in mind, most buyer searches are done online. Um, and so whether they're using a different third-party app or they're set up on a search with their realtor or these other things, what's going to typically be that price point? So this is what I like to educate my sellers on is you have to think from a buyer's perspective, okay, on the price of your home. So I'm just going to use this for an example, but let's say that you want to price your home at $610,000, right? Is that necessarily the best price point to be at for your home? And are you going to be able to reach the most amount of people in that price point? Well, my answer would be no. Um, and this is why I would typically say that most home buyers are going to be on a $25,000 price increment, right? So what they're going to do, or even uh, as you get into the bigger ranges, but we'll start with the 25,000, what they're going to do is they're going to start setting their searches up based around that search. So for example, if I've been pre-approved for up to $200,000, right? My price point is probably going to be 175 to 200, right? That's going to be where I'm going to have all of my searches set, right? A lot of the times, or if I've been, let's say, um, in my example where I said you wanted to list at 610,000, most of those buyers probably have uh, a price set point of 500,000 to 600,000, right? Like 500 is as low as we're going to go. 600,000 is as high as we're going to go. Um, or they're going to be in like 550 to 600, you know, typically they're not going to be putting a price point of like, okay, we're going to go 585 to like 615, right? They're going to go on those, those bigger, even, um, nice round numbers, right? So the best option would probably be to price that at $599.9, right? So then you're hitting those people all the way from 500 to the 600 range because you're under that 600, right? And then if you have to come down, right, as you move forward and price, that's still going to show up on that list as opposed to if you go in right at 610, you might be hitting that 600 to 625 mark of people and then you're missing that. So my point is, there comes a lot of strategy when it comes to um, picking the price points. And uh, a big thing that we're doing right now that we have seen work, um, especially in a seller's market, is a lot of agents are actually pricing the homes below what the comparable houses are going for on purpose. And why are they doing that? So I'll give you a perfect example. What they're doing is, let's say that houses in the neighborhood are selling for, I'm going to use a rough number here again, let's say on average $200,000, right? A lot of these houses are selling for $200,000. Well, you'll see a lot of these agents that are coming in and they're actually listing the house at like one eighty nine nine. Right, so what's that doing? It's generating a lot more traffic and putting in a buyer's mind of thinking, "Hey, this is a great deal. This is eleven thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars less than what homes have been going for in the market." And so they get in there, right? Again, what's our job as realtors? Our job as realtors is to get you the most traffic through that house in seventy-two hours, and so that's going to generate more traffic, more buyers through that house in and attempts to basically get into multiple offer situation and getting a lot of buyers to like that house, but only one buyer can purchase that house, right? So again, that's the strategy involved. And that's why price is super important and is key when you're going to list your house and you're picking that price point. So sometimes it's not always 
what you want or what you think the value of your home is, but it's using strategy to eventually almost get above and beyond what that list price was. And that's the goal of pricing it um, very aggressively and, and pricing it smart um, from that side of things. Okay, so let's move into um, another thing to think about if you are pricing your home too high. Um, you are probably going to have to experience at some point a price drop. And price drops are never fun because, again, a seller uh, never wants to do a price drop, right, first of all. Um, but, again, it's hard to have that discussion, and that's why I set it up front, especially if I'm in that higher price point of, hey, we can start here, but we need to have a goal and a date in mind that if we don't get any offers um, by this date, we need to do a price drop or a price reduction is what some people call it. Um, and so they're never fun to do, but if you're just throwing your house up there and saying, hey, you know what, we're going to throw it out there and we're going to see if it sells for this, that'd be awesome. If it doesn't, we're willing to come down and we're willing to do the price drop. That's where that discussion probably needs to take place at that listing appointment. So you're laying out dates and you're laying out what those increments are going to be when you do that price drop. My opinion, uh, my suggestion and uh, if you are a seller that's in that higher end price range, if you're 500 plus or above um, and you're here in Omaha and you're around the country where you know you're in that higher price range, I would say that a $5,000, $10,000 price drop usually doesn't do the trick. Okay, You need to be doing substantial big price drops if you're in those price ranges. And what I mean by that is probably in $25,000 increments. Um, so it doesn't entice a buyer if you're listed at 725,000 and you have to do a price drop and you go, Hey, we're going to drop it down to 715. They don't care. Um, again, think about where that, um, where you're going after that buyer's pool. So if you're in that 725, right, if you drop it $10,000 or $15,000, you're still in that same buyer's pool, 700,000 to 750,000, right? You're still hitting the same people. So that's why it's important to do the price on your house because then if you do have to do a price drop, you're going to want to drop into another buyer's category. So again, my example would be like maybe try a 715 um, price and then if you don't get anything by a specific date, then you're like, okay, let's drop to 699.9. You know, then you're dropping underneath that 700, that big number there. Now you're hitting a different buyer's pool um, in a lot of cases. So keep that in mind, um, and also understand that like price drops aren't necessarily the worst thing ever. Um, you know, you you at least you tried, and nobody was willing to purchase or buy at that price, and now you've got to come down. And again, as you keep coming down. This is what doesn't look good on your house either, though, at times, because then people are going to say, oh, they did a price drop. That means they're they're willing to come down even more or they're willing to move because they're getting desperate or things like that. These negative things that a buyer starts thinking about that necessarily aren't true about the seller, but they're starting to think about, oh, hey, this is moving. Hey, they're getting motivated. Hey, now we can go low ball. Again, there's another low ball offer of why sometimes those come in. So it's, it's never enjoyable, um, and you just have to remember that the longer you stay on the market and then you do a price drop, it's just going to be a negative effect um, from a buyer standpoint. Um, what's another thing to think about? Well, uh, let's think about this. If you are in a crunch or you need to sell your house, it's probably not wise to try to price your house higher than what everything else has been selling for. Why? Because now you're going to be making 
mortgage payments even longer than what you would necessarily want. Maybe you need to get out of that. Maybe you need to relocate. If those are things that you need to do, or if you already wrote up on another house and you need to get your house sold, don't price it to be the highest priced house in the neighborhood. That's not going to help your situation. Price it aggressively. Price it where it needs to be, right? To get that traffic through your house. Um, the last thing that I'm going to talk about is uh, appraisal problems, right? So here's a big thing. I'm going to actually do another podcast on this uh, probably next uh, as I talk about these things because a lot of sellers think that when they get together on a deal that um, especially in multiple offer situations, this is one thing you've got to think about as you're going through these prices that people have written up on your home is appraisal issues and appraisal problems. And we're starting to see that a little bit here uh, in Omaha. Um, I talked to a couple lenders this morning and there was a couple appraisals uh, that they were sharing with me that came back 10,000 below what the price mean, what the price was agreed upon. So what does that mean for you as a seller? Well, typically what that means is if you're, let's say we got multiple offers and let's say that your house was listed for $200,000 and somebody wrote up for $225,000, right? You're all excited because you get the 225, um, but then the appraisal happens and the appraisal come back and they say, hey, unfortunately, uh, the estimated value that we give is about 215,000 for this house. Um, so now, uh, if it wasn't negotiated in the deal, um, that the buyer were to pay that difference, right, of $10,000, now the seller basically has to sell um, down at that price of 215,000. That's typically what happens or the buyer is going to walk away. Um, so a lot of times nobody wants to walk away at this point. You're two weeks out from closing, um, somewhere in that time frame, And so you definitely want to go back to the negotiating stages of the price. And in most cases, the seller says, okay, well, we're just going to sell that. And we write up an addendum for the price of the house to be at that. But that's um, another disadvantage that you could have if you're um, not only pricing your house, you could be, you could have been priced at the right price, but then you get multiple offers. Your agent should be walking you through those things as you're getting multiple offers by saying and laying that expectation out there that, hey, we, that's great that we got the most uh, that we could from your house right now. And that's again, what I tell my sellers is even if the appraisal comes back below, the one thing that we do know is at least we got the most out of your house, right? We got the most value that we possibly could from your house. So yes, it stinks to have to come down to that, but now we know what that top dollar was and what the value of your home actually is. And, uh, and now that, that new buyer can come in and, uh, they can take over and they can have, um, that equity and start building that equity into their house. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. Um, the only thing that I'll point out with appraiser appraisals is this is if you get a cash offer that changes the game. That's why we always say cash is king. Um, the reason why we say that is because, uh, if you get a cash offer, then appraisal won't be done, right? They don't need to do an appraisal if somebody's offering you cash because the purpose of the appraisal is for somebody that's getting a loan from the bank and the bank is asking an appraiser to go out there and say, Hey, if we're going to, if we're going to loan this amount to this buyer, we need to know what the value of this product is. And in this case, it's the home. And so they're relying on that appraiser to do their job, to tell them, Hey, it's at value. Yes. Give them the loan for this amount or no, it's not. It needs to be down here. So that's the, that's the purpose of an appraisal. I'm going to get into that more in a different podcast, but I want to end with this. How can you avoid 
all of these things, right? So as you're thinking about all of these things that we just discussed, how can we avoid those things? Well, number one, I'm going to tell you, um, pick the right agent, right? You want to pick an agent that's experienced, that knows the market, um, that's been in it day in and day out. And so they know what's going on right now. Um, so you want to keep that in mind. And that is why I always uh, warn people and give people some red flags if they're hiring an agent that's a part-time agent or that just does it on the side as a hobby and maybe does five to 10 deals a year. That's not the type of person that you want because typically they're not going to know what's happening in the market, in that price range, in that neighborhood, in those things on a consistent basis. So that's why you want to hire an experienced, knowledgeable agent that knows what's going on, um, that is potentially listed, obviously some homes in that neighborhood as well. So they know it well. Um, two, don't get emotionally involved. Okay. A lot of sellers get emotionally involved in what they think the value of their home is worth. At the end of the day, there's two things that's going to confirm what your home is worth, what a buyer's willing to pay for it and what an appraiser appraises the home for. So it doesn't matter what you think your home is worth. If you think your home is worth a million dollars and a buyer is only willing to pay $750,000 for it and an appraiser appraises it for $750,000, that's what your value is worth. That's what your home is worth. So try to remove the emotion from it and don't get emotionally attached to your home, but allow the professionals to do their job and trust them. Number three, don't rely on Zestimate or other online uh, estimate tools or what your neighbor's house sold for to determine what your value is. Okay. Allow your realtor to speak into that. Again, here's where the experience and the knowledge comes in because there's a lot of times where those tools don't know specific things, right? So I get a lot of calls and a lot of texts sometimes from people that are like, well, Zillow says it's worth this and, and my neighbor's house sold for this. And my next question is, okay, how does your house compare to those houses? First of all, because they don't know what the inside of your house looks like. They don't know what the, the neighbor's house looks like or the things like that look like, right? Like they don't know what types of updates were made. They don't know a lot of things that come into a play when it comes to uh, putting a price tag on your house and where you should list. So be careful of that. Um, don't always listen to what your neighbor said they sold their house for or other things because they might miss a few important key details like, oh, we did pay out buyer's closing costs or we paid for a home warranty, we paid for some of these other things that you may not have to pay for. Um, or you may have done a lot of other updates compared to what your neighbor has done. So the value of your home may be more. So again, there's a lot of these different things that you have to think about as you're moving forward. But I wanted to give you guys a list of some of these things so you don't make the mistake of pricing your home too high or thinking that your home is worth more than it actually is. That's where you need to hire someone. So again, going back to number one, pick the right agent. Hopefully it's me or someone from our team. Um, but that will allow you and speak truth into that. That will be authentic with you. That will be open with you and honest with you and telling what they think the best value and the price should be moving forward to price your house. So with that being said, guys, I appreciate it. I thank you guys so much for the time and listening in to another episode on the podcast. I am going to be doing another one here shortly. Um, just talking about the appraisal and what that means. So kind of as a follow-up to this, um, so we can kind of speak into that a little bit and what we're seeing here uh, in our market uh, in Omaha and uh, more stuff that you can learn about that. So with that being said, thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a, 
As always, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Potter Podcast. To learn more about how you can connect with me, check out my website, potterpodcast.com. And there you can connect with me on my social media platforms. Until next time, stay hungry, work hard, dream big, and always stay humble. Talk to you soon.